0: Plants capture CO2. What if we could help industrial plants capture it too? Think how we could help lower emissions. More and more scientists think carbon capture is key to reducing CO2 emissions globally. It's one way ExxonMobil is helping industrial plants be more like plants. That's the unexpected energy of ExxonMobil.
1: Coming up on this Monday edition of NFL Live, it's back to work for the Atlanta Falcons. We'll have a live report from training camp as the Falcons get set and go back to work. And speaking of work, who holds out? So many looking for a new deal. Saquon Barkley not among them. We sit down with the soon-to-be sophomore running back to talk about what's at stake next. And again, a look at those players looking for new deals. Who's headed to camp and who'll wait it out at home? we're not at home today happy to be with you in fact i'm wendy next field yates victor cruz and tim hasselbeck as i mentioned you can count the atlanta falcons among those teams whose summer is officially over it has been a busy week for the falcons front office the news of new contracts for middle linebacker deon jones and defensive tackle grady jarrett likely well received while the team continues to work on a new deal for wide receiver julio jones who reported to camp as expected here's jarrett on his new deal
2: Put that ink to that paper and, you know, get a deal done. It was, it was gratifying in a sense that I know that I put in a lot of work. I came a long way. You want some money, so you're motivated. And I just get a little money. I feel like, shoot, I'm more motivated when you touch it. If you have a vision that's bigger than the, the stage that you're in now, uh, it, you have no choice but to keep, keep going and stay motivated. Uh, I'm not done.
3: It's not done yet because there's always the next, the next, the next. From Julio's side... I'll kind of always defer back to great player and great teammate. And when you have both, it's pretty rare. I don't think there's a, a way that you gauge that. This is the metrics that say how he did, what his production is. But there's that also little piece to say, what does this player mean to the team? And he means a hell of a lot to the team.
1: Jeff Jollington joins us this afternoon from Falcons training camp. We'll start right there, Jeff. Uh, where do things stand with Julio Jones and the Atlanta Falcons?
3: Well, Wendy, there's some good news here. And first of all, it's the vibe here. Julio Jones showing up for camp. No drama really lingering about that contract, even though Julio Jones very clearly wants that to get done. The second bit of good news there is you speak to people in the organization, and there is a clear sense that this deal is imminent. I would not be surprised at all if this deal gets done even within the week. So we're looking at a player that the team obviously covets, that they recognize they're going to give him the new deal, despite the fact that he has two years remaining. He'll be paid nine point six this year, eleven. Seven point four next year if you were to stay on that deal but by all means everything around here feels good when it comes to Julio Jones and in general the vibe but I do anticipate this deal getting done very soon
1: Dirk Cutter Jeff back for his second stand as Falcons offensive coordinator how does his return change the dynamic of the offense here
3: well, yeah, I was just mentioning, Wendy, the good vibes that you feel about Julio Jones. And it also kind of translates to the offense in general with Dirk Cutter's arrival. And part of that is you heard from some of the defensive players today, like Grady Jarrett, talking about how he sees Dan Quinn, the head coach, spending more time with the defense all of a sudden. And, and Dan Quinn is a very defensive-oriented guy. He'll be calling the plays this year and, and kind of taking over the defense, sort of what he's accustomed to doing. So, look, it's, it's the first day of camp, so obviously we have renewed hope. But I I will say that it feels pretty genuine around here that this is a team that feels like they're about to have a rebound year. Maybe get back to being more like the team that we saw several years ago from the Falcon squad that made it to the Super Bowl. So good vibes in Atlanta and in Flowery Branch here where the Falcons are training, Wendy.
1: All right. Hope springs eternal. Good vibes as we start training camp. But you know what? It makes sense you get some big deals in place for some key players. The other players see that, and then if, in fact, Jeff's right and that Julio deal gets done sooner rather than later, you have to believe uh, this team now can put everything else aside and just focus on getting back on track.
0: And the talent is there. I mean, seriously, the the Falcons last year, and I know that every team has poor injury luck in the NFL at some point during the season, but I think you'd be hard-pressed to find a team that was as impacted by injuries last season as the Falcons were on both sides of the ball. Devontae Freeman missed a ton of time, but defensively in the second they were just ravaged. Keanu Neal missed much of the missed much of the season. Ricardo Allen missed a ton of time last season. Deion Jones missed much of last season. There were just key players at all levels that were not there for Atlanta, which maybe clouds what our vision, our perception of this team is. But a team that's just a couple of years removed from playing in the Super Bowl could very well be in the mix in the NFC South playoff picture this season again.
1: No question. It wasn't that long ago that they were a Super Bowl caliber team, Victor. How important to get this this uh, ink dry, as we heard, on the Julio Jones deal for this team.
2: Uh, it's extremely important, especially for that offense and especially for Julio Jones, who understands, I mean, the numbers are the numbers, right? He's just shy of 8,000 yards over the past five years. No other player has had that, that type of run in that, in that span. So to have him back and to have him happy uh, for that Atlanta Falcons team is an amazing thing. They have to get the deal done for him. And the biggest thing I want to point out is his character. There has been nothing flawed with his character. You ask anybody about him in Atlanta, they love him. They love the way he carries himself. They love the way he approaches the game. He works hard. and they, You heard the coach say he's a great teammate. This deal has to get done for a multitude of reasons, but his character being the most glaring.
4: So I think that's the key. He's a guy that his production, his, even though he's, you know, he was a high first-round pick, Played through that rookie deal. His next deal, the one he's currently on from the Falcons, he's, it was, has been paid well. But he's actually kind of outplayed that. Mm-hmm. And so now with you know, two years and just over $20 million, you know, left, on, million you know, left on it, or $21 he, million left on it, he's kind of now underpaid when you look at you know, what's happened at the kind of number one wide receiver spot. And I think one of the things that separates him from other guys, and Victor, you alluded to it, and it's what Dan Quinn is talking about, is he doesn't come with a lot of the drama that that uh, that you get from other guys. I mean, listen, when when he wasn't scoring and, and Ridley was this past season, you didn't hear a word at him. He was happy for him. It was like, hey, listen, that's fine. It's still going to come back my way. And so I think for all of those reasons, and then you just think about the relationship between Arthur Blank and Julio Jones. It just seems like this is going to happen, and there's probably you know one of these things that that we'll look back on and say that was really never a threat of a holdout
2: and he's not silly he's seeing these numbers come across his his tv screen or on his phone and he's like wow i've i've had a lot more yards than those guys these past couple of years it's time for a change so he's he's seeing the market changing in his position and he wants in
0: Last thing about the Falcons, I'll say, is that it's rare when you can have two coordinator changes on a team and things actually not be shaken up that much. But on offense, what's old is new again, as Dirk Cutter was the offensive coordinator before he became the Bucks' head coach. And Dan Quinn is their defensive coordinator now. Now, I understand he had a heavy hand in the defense in previous years, which he did not carry the title, but it's his ship now, and there should be no questions about the vision, about the pieces that fit, the pieces that don't. This team has a chance to be right there in the mix. They just got to stay healthy, and the quarterback has to be excellent again.
1: It's easy to say this, as we said here in July, but it does sort of seem like a bounce-back year for the Atlanta Falcons when you just look at the pieces that are in place sure. and the fact that Matt Ryan no is the starting quarterback. There are no excuses. We'll look a little bit later at the Falcons again, but let's talk about the rookies right now because a number of teams have rookies reporting. Seven teams today welcome the new guys, the Bills, the Packers, the Bears, Jags, Vikings, Giants, and Titans, all say hello. In total, there are five rookies who have not yet to sign their contracts, including four who were drafted in the first round. The only non-first-round pick who has yet to sign their deal is 49ers wide receiver Debo Samuel. Let's look at some of these field uh, first among them, Quinnen Williams with the New York Jets.
0: Second straight year, When did the Jets begin training camp with a third overall pick in the draft under contract. Last year it was Sam Darnold who ended up signing on July 30th, just shortly after the Jets began their training camp. Quinnen Williams himself not yet signed a deal. None of these players right now strike me as major causes for concern. That being said, Quinton Williams is a player that a lot of people expect a lot of right away, given how much talent and upside he brings at, yes, just 21 years old. Nick Bosa, here we are once again, a Bosa brother, not yet in training camp, Obviously, Joey was just a few years ago with the Los Angeles Chargers, the third overall pick. Nick is pick number two for the San Francisco 49ers, also not in training camp. The 49ers have a remade pass rush, and the most important part of it is Bosa, who has plenty of upside. And finally, perhaps the most notable one, given the position he plays, is Daniel Jones for the New York Giants. They're in camp today, as you said. He is getting reps behind Eli Manning. Daniel Jones was probably was or not quite probably. He was the most questioned pick of the first round, most discussed pick of the first round. The best chance for him to shut up the naysayers is to be there, to win this job and play really well. For now, he is not there, but again, these deals can come together really quickly, really quickly. So don't be too concerned about these guys on the first day of training camp.
1: Well, and for that reason, I'm not asking about the Giants perspective, but for Daniel Jones in part because he was that question player, in part because there's a steep learning curve, how important that he get into training camp as soon as he can?
2: I think it's extremely important for him, especially given the position he plays right. He has to go in and understand that he has to prepare and learn how to prepare for an NFL game. What are the steps that I need to take to prepare for each and every NFL game separately? And who better to learn from than a Hall of Famer in his own room and Eli Manning? But who knows how this season plays out? Who knows how... The Giants' season will play out. He might have to be in there halfway through the season, and he has to have, you know, acclimated to being a a quarterback, an NFL quarterback, and how to prepare for games and how to prepare day in and day out as a quarterback. It's important for him to get in there now early to learn that, and then his number might be called sooner than later this year. He has to be prepared.
4: It's important for him personally. I mean, he's a sixth overall pick. When you're picked that high, the expectations are that you're going to play. His situation is unique with Eli being there. I actually think well, the longer he's out, the better it is for Eli because I think there'll be less noise about like, hey, we need to hurry up and get Daniel Jones in there. And so, uh, you know, when I look at it from a team's perspective, because that's you know how it looks for Eli, that's how it would look for Daniel Jones from a team's perspective. I actually think that that would be a good thing for the team, so that everybody isn't always answering questions about was well, it now time for Daniel Jones to enter into the lineup. So uh, I, this is another one though, and Eli Manning signed, I think, the, the kind of the night before training camp started his uh, his rookie year, uh, and so to me this probably has kind of that scenario written all over it as well.
1: We have a tendency to push the panic button a little too early sometimes. So, no. it's no. Overreaction, Monday. Overreaction, it is overreaction Monday. Monday. Right. We're going to get to that. But
2: Phil, correct me if I'm wrong, they all have the same agent, right? Like the first 7 8 picks we or something. We have a like lot that. of
0: players uh, well both Bosa and Jones are represented by CAA and okay. there's uh, and now we're down to just five unsigned rookies. So a lot of players from CAA which again not that this is about the agency they're signed with, yeah. but it does, you know, maybe nothing more than coincidence. They're busy. They're busy. You can't, time. You can't busy. do everything. Just
1: hold, wait your turn.
2: Okay?
1: <laughs> well, when there is training camp, there are potential holdouts. Running back Melvin Gordon with the Chargers on the final year of his rookie deal, set to make $5.6 this season. It is a possibility. So, too, for Zeke Elliott, he's been a workhorse for the Cowboys since 2016, has over 5,200 scrimmage yards. Since he entered the league and still has two years left on his deal. Seahawks linebacker Bobby Wagner on the last year of his deal, he holds a $14 million cap hit. He's had seven consecutive seasons with over 100 tackles. And finally, defensive tackle Chris Jones has seen several other pass rushers get paid this offseason. He had 15 and a half sacks last year, third most in the NFL. He will be a free agent after this season, it is a good opportunity to see where we fall with some of these guys who are expected to miss camp in some cases, who perhaps will consider it in others. Let's start with Melvin Gordon.
0: Yeah, this one's the most obvious one we have, Wendy. He has made it clear that if he does not have a new contract that pays him at the top of the market, he's going to hold out a training camp and maybe even games. And demanded trade along the way. This is a player who has been outstanding for the Chargers. 12 touchdowns from scrimmage over each of the past three seasons. The question is simple. How much do you value a top of the line running back? Can you pay a player 12 or 14 or 15 million dollars per season, Wendy, given the replaceability of running backs as we have seen every single year now?
1: It's a bigger conversation about the running back market. We've talked about that when it will be no reset, sort of recalibrated. For, for right now, that's where we are. And then that begs the question about Ezekiel Elliott, who has two years left on his deal. He's
0: got two years left, and he's not necessarily next in line, so to speak, amongst his own teammates. Dak Prescott has one more year in his contract. Amari Cooper has one more year in his contract. It's unclear right now if Ezekiel Elliott is planning a holdout, Wendy. And if you're the Cowboys, it's not just the reservations because of the fact that you've got other business to tend to, but as remarkable as Zeke, turns 24 today, has been on the field. There is reason for the Cowboys to have some reservations off the field. As we know, earlier this offseason, he met with Commissioner Roger Goodell. Now, ultimately, no suspension or punishment was handed for that incident in Las Vegas, but... It's not the first time Zeke's name has been mentioned off the field for the wrong reasons. Well,
1: and it's not optimal timing, regardless of how serious it was. You just don't want any trouble. Michael Thomas.
0: Yeah, Michael Thomas, who has been unbelievable in the first three seasons, a second-round pick, and he's the next young wide receiver to get paid. He's got one year left on his contract, and there seems to have been some positive vibes running this deal earlier this offseason, and... The Saints forever have been a we'll deal with cap space later type of team. But after they got their Cameron Jordan extension done, all of a sudden their cap situation is very healthy if they want to get a long-term deal done for Mike Thomas. Drew Brees also entering the final year of his contract, Wendy. But for now, Mike Thomas seems to be the next man up in New Orleans.
1: Is there any indication that Thomas would hold out? As
0: of right now, there hasn't been anything substantive or concrete that leads you to believe that his definitive plan is to hold out from training camp. But what we might see from some of these players is they might show up to training camp and maybe not necessarily be active participants if a deal is closer near.
1: We've, we've seen that, and we're, yes. we're starting to see a number of different ways where players try to exercise their leverage. Jaron Reed will be suspended six games for violating the league's personal conduct policy, as first reported by the NFL Network. Significant in a number of ways, but on the field, a huge blow to a D-line pass rush that was already the team's biggest question mark. In New England, Super Bowl 53 MVP Julian Edelman spotted at his youth camp over the weekend with a small brace on his left thumb, now expected to be sidelined about three weeks with that injury to the finger, sources tell ESPN. Field, again, as I mentioned earlier, sometimes we press the panic button just a bit too soon. I would presume this is... This is okay, but calm the waters in New England.
0: Yeah, just a few weeks expected to be the timeline for Julian Edelman to miss. Now the veterans haven't even reported the training camp, so time is on his side. Patriots have their first preseason game, I believe, August eighth. So we've got a little while before they even put the pads on for a game that is of some consequence. And in the meantime, the Patriots are going to have a much different looking offense to begin training camp. No Edelman, no Gronkowski, no Josh Gordon for right now. Chris Hogan is a Carolina Panther. Sonny Michel's on PUP along with Demarius Thomas. So at the beginning of the training camp, it's going to be sort of a youth movement for the Patriots. Who amongst the inexperienced will separate themselves?
1: Well, there are worse things. Don't jump. Don't jump from the Tobin just yet <laughs> because there are worse things. In fact, uh, as, we, as we said, it's overreaction Monday, so we'll take this one to start. The Edelman injury is the best thing possible for the New England wide-receiving core. And Tim, of course, what we mean by that is that these younger players have an opportunity to work with Tom Brady now before some of these guys get back.
4: Uh, it's an overreaction for me, in part because Julian Edelman is 33 years old. Like, Julian Edelman, even if he didn't have this issue with his thumb and was going to miss a few weeks, like they have to still manage a, a, a player at that age who kind of takes the pounding that he takes during the season. These young guys are going to get work with Brady as it is, whether Edelman was injured or not. And, you know, and then you look at how New England traditionally kind of operates in the preseason. You're going to see a lot of young guys in the preseason. So to me, it, it's an overreaction for, Negative, for
1: those reasons. Negative in the house.
2: Well, it's not an overreaction for me because I remember one time, Tim, when I was uh, a, a young rookie and I wanted some guys to just start – Start taking some time
1: off. Yeah, yeah. But, Put your feet up.
2: But to that, to that, you know, with that being said, you get to see what you have in these young guys. You get to see exactly what you have in these young talent. They're going to get more reps. They're going to get more responsibility. Can they handle it all mentally when they go out there and they're in the huddle with Tom Brady and they're looking around? Are they flustered? Are they calm? Are they reacting to what they're seeing? Are they continuing to play at a high level even though – the stakes, at least in practice, are high. I remember when I was in that first huddle with Eli and they told me to get in and I was looking around, <laughs> are you guys sure? Like, are you positive? You guys know you picked me, right? Like, no, so it, it, it those young guys have to relish in this opportunity and you know Julian's coming back. We know that thumb will be fine. It's only three weeks and whatever the case may be. But these young guys will have an opportunity to see what they have and test their mentality
0: a little bit. Yeah, it's an overreaction for me, and I agree with what Victor was saying, that it's a new opportunity for so many of these players, Nikhil Harry, Braxton Berrios, Philip Dorsett amongst them. But a couple of the reasons why it's an overreaction is, first of all, arguably your most important pass catcher is now hurt, and I get it. We're not forecasting a serious long-term recovery, but still, you don't want to, you don't, you don't want Edelman to be banged up. And second, part of the edge that Julian Edelman has had or developed in his what ten seasons now in the NFL is his work ethic. That's part of the reason why he's gone from a guy that was catching punts during pro days and playing defensive back early on in his career to a Super Bowl MVP wide receiver, being able to see that guy on the field every single day. That work ethic is something that can be contagious, and guys that have not necessarily been there and done that could learn from. So there is some value in more reps, but it's also sometimes it's you know basically the monkey see, monkey do theory, right? Mm-hmm. You see a guy working and being the first guy on the drill, and and you might learn something or glean something from that.
1: All right, again, the hope is that this is just a few weeks. Right, we'll talk about the Texans, but before we hit overreaction Monday, a couple of storylines. After failing to reach agreement on a long-term deal, we knew this to De'Veon Clowney expected to miss most, if not all, of training camp, although he is expected, and we don't know for sure, but the expectation is is that he will eventually sign his tender and play this season under the one-year franchise tag. He'll...
0: Yeah, I and mean, there's not a lot of options here for Genevieve and Clowney because if you sit out games, it's not that you're being suspended, I'm sorry, fined for missing practice during training camp because you're not technically under contract, but you want to push the ball closer to uh, his free agency. And as for the Texans, they've got some news on the injury front. Both DeAndre Hopkins, the wide receiver, and J.J. Watt are going to begin training camp on the PUP list. Remember, for Watt, he had arthroscopic knee surgery during the offseason very early on. And DeAndre Hopkins... Shoulder issue late last year, a foot issue as well. Not major cause for concern, but big names in the Texans' offense and defense.
1: No question. And for that reason, this is what we'll say on this overreaction Monday. We see teams every year go from worst to first. Unfortunately, we're talking about this in the opposite direction. Mm. The Texans will go from first to worst in the AFC South.
0: Yeah, I'm going to go with an overreaction here. I still think that they have, you know, the best or the co-best quarterback in the division along with Andrew Luck, Deshaun Watson sort of scratch it, scratching the surface. You put him in the same category as
1: Andrew I think Luke. he's right okay.
0: there with oh. Andrew Listen, Andrew Luck probably has definitely done it longer and probably has a more polished resume, but Deshaun Watson does some things that are simply non-defensible or undefensible right now with his legs and obviously his arm being such a precision passer. So anyways, the quarterback being rock solid, the defense being very good in the front seven when they're healthy, if they can just get steady off offensive line play. This team should be back in the mix for at least a winning record.
2: Yeah, that's the key for me, too. I'm going to overreaction, but the key is keeping Deshaun Watson clean, right? Obviously, he had a ton of... They gave up a ton of sacks last year, and you want to be able to have him upright for the majority of the season and not taking all those hits and not and not being in that foam booth, so to speak, when he's operating. And a lot of it's obviously up to him and his decision-making to throw the ball away sometimes or run out of bounds and don't take that hit or devise some schemes to get the ball out of his hands a little bit quicker into those playmakers and make things happen. So... Um, it's, it's an overreaction for me. I think there'll still be a really, really top-tier team, especially in the AMC South.
4: Overreaction for, for me also. I think. Wait, you know, I mean, you talk about Deshaun Watson. I, let's give Bill O'Brien some credit. I think sure. he, that he's a, a very good coach and there's good talent on this team. And I think they've had some stuff, you know, um, you know, maybe in the past. There's kind of some uncertainty around him and kind of his relationship with in the organization. I feel like we're moving away from that time a little bit. Um, And then I think you look at the division. Let's be honest, in Tennessee, I mean, the talk in Tennessee is like, well, is Marcus Mariota going to be the starter or is Ryan Tannehill at some point end up taking that job? There's still plenty of changes in Jacksonville, um, you know, with a new quarterback down there. So I I think when you look at that, I'd be more concerned if I have some of those other teams in the division.
1: All right, let's talk about among the bigger stories of the offseason, and that was the trade from the Giants. He sent OBJ to the Cleveland Browns. He says now, and this makes a lot of sense, of course, that he felt disrespected by the trade. He said his initial reaction was not disappointment, but in fact that he felt disrespected. This is me being honest. This team has not been good for the last six years, period. And he felt like he'd done everything he could do to contribute. Anyway, you slice it, and perhaps it was unfair. There was some additional drama that came along with OBJ to go with the spectacular play on the field. So here... Overreaction Monday. He will leave that drama behind as he takes this next step in Cleveland. Tim?
4: It's an overreaction. I think drama is going wherever this guy goes. I just think that that's, that's how it's going to be. Um, I just think there's a lack of self awareness. Like everything I did for the Giants, like what do you do? Like, I'm mean, being serious. Like, he, he was, he's a great player, but what do they do? They did not win any Super Bowls. Like, the New York Giants aren't a different organization now or, or because they had him like I think all the great players that have been through the New York Giants like very few of them you, you can kind of say like hey they've kind of changed the complexion of that that organization not Lawrence Is not Eli Manning like he, not that type of guy there so I there's part of it for me where and I know that you know some of these quotes are you know maybe a, a month or so old and so you know, maybe seemed a little fresher to him, you know, when he was being asked about it. But I just feel like there are are oftentimes players like this that they always feel like they were the ones wronged. They were the ones, it's never their fault. And usually those players are the types of guys where drama follows them everywhere they go.
2: Uh, I got not an overreaction. Uh, I, I think he's turned a page in his career where he understands this trade that took place this offseason kind of shifted his mentality. And he understands exactly how this thing kind of works. And, and, and it's not so much about how he approaches it, It's more so about how he, uh, how he handles it all. Because there's going to be people that say things. There's going to be things that come his way. How does he handle it all? But I do think things are going to happen. But I think it's going to be because of passion, or it's going to be a conversation with Baker Mayfield. It's not going to be a yelling match. It's not going to be, you know, a negative thing. But it'll be more of a healthy conversation, as opposed to in years past, there would be a helmet hitting the side of a kicking net, uh, which would be a different which wouldn't lie a different outcome. But I think there will still be some things that may arise but it'll be positive. And I think obviously cutting the blonde hair was step one in that positive
0: okay, direction.
1: Okay, fair enough. First, first <laughs> things first.
0: I'm gonna go with an overreaction here with Odell Beckham Jr. I think that we've now got a sample size of five full years and there have been a lot of notable moments where drama has been a part of the narrative with Odell Beckham Jr. And it seems like even at times when the most obvious thing to do was simply avoid Odell Instead, engaged, whether it was taking the bait with Josh Norman in that infamous game a few years back between the Giants and the Carolina Panthers, whether it was the kicking net, whether it was a few other instances on the field. And Odell also strikes me as the kind of person that sometimes thrives with an edge. He almost needs something to sort of be flicking, you know, flickering, a little light flickering in his mind that kind of gives him or kicks him into another gear. So I don't necessarily think that the drama will always be a negative for him, but I think it's going to be something that is going to be there. But the best way to cure all the drama, by the way, if the Browns run out of the gates at 6-1, there's going to be no drama.
1: They not have any drama. Right? If they're
0: 2-4, all of a sudden it'll be, all right, there's, gonna, there's invariably going to be questions asked of a team that has been the team of the off season in terms of narratives, discussions, predictions, etc. The Browns have dominated our airwaves for the past five or so months, and with that comes... Gall pressure, you can call it, whatever you want to call it. But I think that there's some expectations.
3: Mom, I think this doll I found in the attic is
5: cursed. No, its eyes are just very lifelike. Then why does its head keep spinning? Be my friend forever. Oh, that is scary. You know what's really scary? Missing out on Geico's easy-to-use mobile app. You can manage your Geico policy whenever, wherever. Wherever. Let's play with another doll. Or we can just bury it deep in the ground.
0: Happy geico ween! Download the industry-leading Geico app today.
1: He obviously makes some interesting points after having a difficult uh, rookie season only in the sense of the record and, the, and the, the way the Giants performed as a team. I mean, he he really could do all he could possibly do, Tim. And if these other pieces don't fall into place, I'm not sure... You know, it ultimately makes all that difference yeah. in the bottom line. Yeah, I mean, he
4: said, like, you know, what did you really do for your team? You know, if you have 3,000 yards, you go 5'11". <laughs> Maybe prevented them from going 1-15. I mean, that's you know, that's the answer. Look, okay, he is an awesome player. And a lot of their offense last year uh, went through him, you know, especially in their passing game, which I think was frustrating for some of the receivers. But I don't think that it should change. I mean, I, ju- I-, I think he's that good. He's that versatile. Uh, and so, I mean... Listen, I want to pass him to be a guy that can catch nearly 100 balls, you know, and you know what type of runner he is. You would expect him to, to always be a 1,000-yard a rusher. And so if you just you think about that, just the, the, the number of touches, I, I don't know that you can have him touch it enough, which means, you know, 400 or more touches for a guy like Saquon Barkley kind of year in and year out as long as he's healthy. I think that should be the plan.
2: Yeah, he's just he, – he's the engine that's going to run this team. I mean, he's – The the offense is going to flow through him. And, And the thing with him is that two things I like from Saquon is that he takes ownership of being the leader of this team. He doesn't care that it's just his second year or that he may not have put his dues in. I think he understands that his performance on the field has catapulted him to be the leader of that team and to take advantage of that. And and he's taking advantage of that leadership role and he loves it. And, and I think as far as on the field is concerned, I want to see more. I think we're going to see more of Saquon Barkley because he's going to have majority of the carries. They're going to get him the ball in space. They throw him the football as well. And on the perimeter, we're going to see him line up more in the slot, more on the outside. He's going to be all over the field. The question is, can he stay healthy all year long if this team is in the hunt? So he's not burnt out by the end. Of the season, and hopefully for the Giants going into the going into the
0: postseason. There are two types of yards that we should be mindful of with running backs, as it, as it pertains to rushing yards or even total yards. It's The yards created for them by the blocking and then the yards they create on their own. Typically, the average running back can handle the yards that are created for them. The great running backs are those that get the yards that aren't created for them. And last year, the number of yards that Saquon Barkley piled up that were probably not necessarily even intended yards. Like the play wasn't drawn up to land with Saquon Barkley rushing for 68 yards down the right sideline or something incredible like that. With a better offensive line, and on paper it's better. Kevin Zeitler was traded for for a reason. Mike Rammers has been brought back into the fold when he's healthy. This offensive line should be better. Could mean even more easy yards for Saquon Barkley. I don't even know. Is it possible to go for like 2,500 total yards? If it is, he's probably wanna wanna the only one I,
2: mean, I want to see the 100 catches, personally.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's I see the that, Yeah, but We that's you know we can run. We know you can easily have
4: 100 catches. Easily. Uh, easily.
2: We've got to put easily,
1: easily into the easily.
2: mix.
4: Well, I just, uh, how they use him right. and then his yes. versatility with, with kind of his feel and stuff. Like, he can have 100
2: catches. Easy. I can see him having 30, 25 or 30 catches just in the slot alone when they split him out or on mm-hmm. the perimeter.
1: It is training camp season. You know what that means. We've got videos and workouts that never end. New Raiders wideout Antonio Brown shows you can catch a brick. You can catch a ball. The all-pro wide receiver has had at least 100 catches in each of his last six seasons. George Kittle, the strength bench pressing 365 pounds back at the 2017 Combine. He did 18 reps of 225, tied for the 11th most of all tight ends. How about... Defensive end Von Miller and Devion Clowney. They're doing their ab work. Planks on stability balls that is not easy. And no workout video complete without sweat. Panthers quarterback Cam Newton did that just after an intense workout. He is recovering from shoulder surgery. Here's Le'Veon Bell on just how important these workout videos are to the season.
5: I'm tired of social media. I'm tired of everybody telling so, yeah. I'm uh, you not focused, you um, only want to make music, uh, he want to play basketball, he do everything besides play football. And hey, let me tell y'all something, let me, let, me, let me tell y'all something. Everybody talking man, I know y'all got a favorite person, a favorite athlete, your mom, your dad, whatever y'all do. So if somebody work at Target, do you think when they work from day 9 to 5, they go home and all they doing is worry about putting on the shelves? They trying to worry about what serial numbers coming up? No. You think brian is waking up oh he ain't having no taco tuesdays Bron <laughs> don't have taco tuesdays y'all think he's just whooping all day y'all think beyonce waking up singing all day she don't go to work she don't act She do nothing else taking her kids really she's waking up singing so y'all y'all think it's legitimate for me to just oh yeah i ain't supposed to be in this airport on the escalator i'm supposed to be running up the steps time huh? working out so guess what i'm gonna do just for y'all just for y'all i'm gonna give y'all this one time Run down these damn steps. That's what I like. I like this. Is what y'all want him to do too? That's what I got to do too. He's a normal civilian running down the escalator. The normal civilian y'all just running, running, working out, not eating, not doing s.
1: Well, then there's this. Le'Veon Bell today, posting his very own workout video. So well, and letting everyone right. know that he's
4: not two sixty. Okay, Let's right. go. Is, is this?
1: Consistency? almost looks like
4: that's professionally shot, by the way. Yeah, that's not the
1: selfie that That we saw on the escalator. That was planned. All right. Listen, it's Monday. It's overreaction Monday. Le'Veon Bell sure thinks he works out enough. That's good. So how about this with the Jets? Are they the biggest threat? Or they are, I should say, the biggest threat to the Patriots in the AFC East. Is this, Timothy, an overreaction?
4: This is not an overreaction. Now I think the Jets are an ascending team. Now the reason I'm saying it's not an overreaction is because I don't think the Dolphins or the Bills are a threat. By default, the Jets Doesn't are matter. the next we biggest didn't specify threat. One. Correct. Okay, but I also do think that when you look at Le'Veon Bell in his production and just quite honestly how good of a player he is, that's a lot of production that that has left Pittsburgh and is now with the Jets. Sam Darnold is a really young ascending player. I think they could be a little more difficult than people realize in terms of, you know, the improvement from year one to year two for Sam Darnold. And so, uh, you know, for that, I, I do think they are the biggest threat in the division.
2: Yeah, I agree with that as well. This is not an overreaction for me. I do think that the Jets have some good things in place to. At least make a run and be competitive in that division this year. Obviously, Sam Darnold taking another step in the maturation process was going to be huge for him. But adding Le'Veon Bell and adding that type of production, like, like you alluded to, Tim, is, is crucial for that team and crucial for the growth of Sam Darnold. Having a guy that he can depend on, And that he can get the ball to in various different ways, similar to Saquon. He gets it in the flat, the screen game. He can catch the football. Obviously, he was second on the team with Pittsburgh in catches and receiving uh, behind Antonio Brown when they they were both playing. So he definitely adds a different dynamic element to the Jets, uh, along with Sam Darnold, to bring them over the hump.
0: Not an overreaction for me. I think the question, to boil it down simply, is which second-year quarterback do you have the most confidence in in the AFC yeah. East? Is it Josh Rosen, is it Josh Allen, or is it Sam Darnold? For me, it remains Sam Darnold, recently celebrated the birthday, a guy that certainly has Happy plenty of upside and should be in a good spot this year under... Adam Gase's tutelage, who has coached a variety of different quarterbacks with varying skill sets.
1: All right, speaking of quarterbacks, this one's pretty good. He's he's shown he can do it. That's Tom Brady. He was on Instagram over the weekend. and gave us a little glimpse into his family vacation in Costa Rica. I want to do this, by the way. Oh, oh, oh but poor Vic. You want to get pulled of, into the you know, water like that? Jump on my, I think <laughs> she hesitated, but listen, they made it. Uh, it's not the first time, Did actually. just really blame her? I kind of did. I mean, go ahead, girl. <laughs> he jump. definitely
2: was hesitant jumping in that water. He didn't
1: no? sure. Oh, flashback. He's done it before. March 28, 2015. They have a house in Costa Rica, by the way. That he, looks
0: higher, by the way. That yeah, looks that looks one's a little, a little higher and he higher, said yeah. he
1: was never doing that again. So I guess he went to the junior the junior jump, is that right? Yeah,
0: it's like from the high dive to the regular
2: dive, yeah. Thank you know? I think it's Wow. You know. It was a slight pan- you know, when you slight panic and you go pencil, that's when you know, like, you're a little nervous. It was, yeah, when you yeah. go pencil. You kind of yeah, go panic go and then you in go straight. pencil. Do you want to go in straight?
4: Stress me. like he pulled his
2: daughter <laughs> right. in.
1: Well, straight. don't hesitate. Life lesson. Let's do this. All right, listen. Uh, people are overreacting. That's, again, what we do. A good thing, at least on Mondays. Uh, this is the – I love this. Well done, Michelle. Well done, Michelle. Uh, this is the season that Brady's stats jump off a cliff.
2: Uh, this, this is an really over. Intended. This is an overreaction for me. Obviously, as long as Tom Brady is healthy, wearing the number twelve jersey for the New England Patriots, and it doesn't even matter who his receivers are. I know Julian Edelman's out for a couple weeks here in the in the early days of training camp. You can't count him out. I mean, I mean the guy just his work ethic, his ability to bring younger players up to his level. Uh, even losing Gronkowski, I think they're going to have a tight end by committee there this year. And I think as long as he's playing and as long as he's the one calling uh, or, or the one in that huddle with those players um, giving them the play call and the lay of the land, they'll, they'll always have a shot.
4: Overreaction. Guys that are as good as he is, and there haven't been many, maybe none, mm-hmm. um, they, there are so many qualities that make them great, and they don't all go away at once. And so, you know, if Tom Brady decided to play till he was 45. Like He might. He might and there would never be a point where it just falls off the cliff. hmm
0: it's an overreaction. I just have many strong takes about his parents. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I have many takes on the parents give the guy gotta a jump. break. You got to jump. You a to on vacation. It's, it's an overreaction. It's Tom Brady. I, I, there was no signs of physical decline last year. The numbers were not as good. Not as good. Which They were at like you know 28 touchdowns last year and 4,000-plus passing yards. No cliff in sight for Tom Brady.
1: You saw Brett Favre there. This is what he told the Akron Beacon Journal. There is no question the sky is the limit for Baker Mayfield. And yeah, I think his style of play and I've heard the same thing about Patrick Mahomes. And I agree with both that their styles of play, if you had to pick a former player, would certainly match up to my style. Well, that's fair. I mean, I would like Patrick Mahomes to match up to my style too.
0: Question. Here
1: is the overreaction Monday. Mahomes will throw for 50 or more touchdowns. Again, overreaction or not?
0: I'm going to go with overreaction. We're celebrating the NFL's 100th season this year. There have been three instances of a player throwing for 50 or more touchdown passes. Mahomes last year, Brady in 2007. And Peyton Manning as well. So, listen, there have not been a bunch of – there's not much precedent here. And I love Patrick Mahomes. I think 40 is a realistic goal. But 50, the numbers tell you, is unlikely to be repeated.
1: Louis Riddick throwing something at the television. (laughs) Sorry, Louis. I'm actually going to go not an overreaction on
4: this for for a couple of different reasons. One, I I mean, I think (laughs) you're kind of right about the 40 touchdown, you know, Mark Field. Um, But I also think then you have to take take into consideration, like, all these little, like, touch passes that are now forward passes now that look like runs – Those end up factoring into it. Then you think about the guy he plays for. You know, Andy Reid is not afraid to call 60 passes in a a game. I mean, it's just kind of the way he calls a game. He's got the best tight end in the game. He's got one of the best wide receivers in the game. They love to throw it. I think it could certainly happen again.
2: I'm thinking it's an overreaction. It's just so difficult to do. Lightfield uh, alluded to just a few seconds ago. It hasn't been done that many times. So for him to do it, I think 40, around 45 is the number, but 50 just such a tough. You
3: factor uh, in the little touch to passes, yeah, man. You that's you i get the I'm little one. They that's count. The that's the, four,
2: that's, the, four, gotta, that's yep. the five. That's the cheapest one. That's the
1: five out of the, the 45. That's the five I'm giving. Okay, it's I'm giving
2: 45. But I just think it's just extremely difficult. And obviously, defenses are are gear informed? Those Those defensive lines that he's going to be facing are going to be ready to attack him and attack him on every single down. So it'll be a, a little bit tougher to get to 50 Look, this year, He's right sure
1: there. no secret now, right? The, the, the cat's out of the bag. There's, there's no doubt about that in terms of what they'll prepare for. Okay, now think about this one. It, it, a year ago, I would have probably been laughed off this set, but okay. how about this on every reaction Monday? Maybe you still will. Browns <laughs> will have more wins than the Kansas City Chiefs.
0: I'll take it. That's an overreaction to me as well. The Chiefs, listen, number one seed in the AFC last year, hosted the AFC Championship game, and while they have some question marks on this roster, defensively they should be much better. The additions of Tyron Matthew and Frank Clark, the first and third level, should help them significantly. So I'm going with the Chiefs as a superior team overall in terms of, also in terms of win this year.
4: I'm going overreaction as well. I I don't think that the, I, I mean, I don't, think that the AFC West is necessarily a division that has has you know, gotten super competitive this off season. They obviously won it last year. I think it would I would expect to see them kind of make the work they made of it last year this coming season and for the browns there 's all kinds of talent, but that is a competitive division and I just think just accumulating great talent doesn 't make you a great team yeah. and I think that I want to see it come together before I'm totally buying into Straight it. Straight from the,
1: the mouth of Freddy Kitchens. That's what he said. Exactly. Think, yeah, he did. See, you listen, you're not listening.
2: Well, I didn't <laughs> listen to that. Hopefully okay. the team's listening to Freddy.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. That, that, That's that.
2: who needs to listen to Freddy. I, I agree with you guys. It's an overreaction for me, too, especially... The comparison with the Chiefs and the Browns, right? The Chiefs have already kind of, they have players that understand their role and understand what's being asked of them and understand exactly what their niche is within the team. The Browns, especially with that new makeup, that new roster they have, they haven't really figured out their roles yet. I think they're still, you know, Odell's going to be the guy, Jarvis Landry, where does everybody fit in, especially offensively. I'm just going with the team that understands what they're doing already as opposed to the team that has to figure it out in training camp and into the season.
0: All right. Did you know what, the fact... You, you did,
2: you Browns did. I, I, well, they, did yeah. they
0: have high hopes, but the fact that we're even wondering if the Browns yeah. can be competitive with the team that had the best record in football yeah. last year tells you how far 100%. they have come since the conclusion I mean, I've of got the Browns
2: year. winning 10 games this year. So, yeah, so what, and cool. making the playoffs.
1: I had them winning eight last year. How about that?
2: Oh, wow. Oh, really? Yeah, so yeah. you were wrong.
1: <laughs> I was close. I was, close. I was Did you very close. Were you bragging about, about,
4: about being wrong? I, I was. I, I was have to close, closer than you. All right. <laughs> All
1: right. Press coverage now. Again, uh, we mentioned this before, but Jaron Reed will be suspended six games for violating the league's personal conduct policy, as Rap Sheet reported, significant in a number of ways. But on the field, a huge blow to a D-line pass rush that was already the team's biggest question mark. And certainly this is, you know, especially on the eve of training camp, as everybody's coming together and getting ready and you're talking about what's new and turning the page. You don't want to hear this.
0: Well, the Seahawks had an idea that this was going to come sure. down the pike eventually. But think about what it means. Last year, perhaps, I mean, he was in the conversation for most improved players in the NFL. He had three career sacks in two seasons after last year, or excuse me, going into last year. He had ten and a half. This is a guy who does his, most, his best disruption from the interior of the defensive line. They do not have Frank Clark anymore. Obviously, they did use their first-round pick on LJ Collier out of TCU. But their best pass rushing option this year was going to be Jaron Reed again. He's now out until October 14th.
4: That's a decent chunk. And I think the, I mean, it's significant. It's one of the reasons now where, like, the, um, you know, the signing of Barkevi, of Barkevi's Mingo, obviously, and then Ziggy Anza, that's the one I'm thinking about, Ziggy Anza, you know, kind of was like a, a nothing-to-see signing, right. which is interesting because he was a player that at one point I think a lot of people thought, like, hey, this could be a double-digit sack type of player. Well, he hasn't produced, and so, like, now does going to Seattle help him? Does that bring the best out of him? Is that a hard time staying healthy? But now more pressure and emphasis on him.
2: I just think, I'm sorry, Wendy, but I just think players have to understand that, you know, essentially when you do that, you're taking money away from, from your families and from yourself. I think you just have to figure out as players, as all players across the league, obviously us being former players, take care of your business, understand what you have to do, understand that you represent the shield in your family everywhere you go.
1: Well, there are so many things about playing in the NFL that are outside of your control. Mm-hmm. I think if it were me, take care of the ones you can, exactly. you know, because there are those things that you control, whether it's your work ethic, the way you present yourself, the decisions you make. Get the Check those boxes, man, because there's a whole lot you cannot control. Exactly. We talked about training camp because this is the week and next week that just about every team will report. A lot of teams, 22 out of 32, do so at home, and that's the thing now. You know, they're building complexes and – all that stuff. But, uh, you know, there are still those teams who pack up and go away. Which do you prefer?
2: I do not like to go away. I mean, when I was with the Giants, and, and Tim, you, you remember these Albany days very well. Uh, going up to University of Albany, being in those dorm rooms. And I understand the camaraderie of it. I understand getting to know your teammates when you have no one else to speak to. And obviously you call calling back home to your family. But I like being in a comfortable hotel room directly across the street. Uh, listen, the dorm
4: room that. beds. Dorm room beds aren't any good. <laughs> <laughs> I was they weren't simple. that
1: great in college, good, much less that, they, 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 they they 10 years later. They
4: don't get better.
1: All right. Uh, well, either way, it's time. It's time to go to work. Summer's winding go. down for these football's, guys. So football's back. On, NFL, you on deck for tomorrow. You don't want to miss it. 1.30 Eastern. See you then.